Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we are dishing out our very best tips and advice for sacred artists, mystical business owners, and anybody who is providing a magical service. Now, if you're not sure what that means, here's the deal. If you are working as a tarot card reader, an astrologer, a Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or if you're doing any kind of spiritual or sacred art as part of your profession, we are talking to you. So I am Teresa, and where's my lovely co-host? Where are you? Hello, everyone. I'm Bree. So we've both been self-employed mystics running our own businesses for decades upon decades, truly. We know what goes into running a successful business, and we know exactly how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. So we do this show together once a month because we love sharing the business strategies that we've learned over the years, and we love seeing our fellow mystics thrive and succeed. Now, in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic, and this year we're focusing on one of our favorite topics, which is astrology for business. Today's topic is Total Eclipse of the Shop. Eclipses and business. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen. Let's get this show started. Well, you know, of course, I want you to sing Total Eclipse of the Shop. Um, <laughs> Total Eclipse of the Heart. You know I want that. And for people who are listening, just so you guys know, Bree was singing that before we actually started recording. So I'm just putting that out there. So everybody That's knows true. what kind of geeky stuff goes on behind the scenes. We should have a blooper reel. reel. <laughs> we should. We should. We totally should. It's a good idea. But anyhow, enough joking aside, eclipses. <laughs> oh, my God. So let's get technical. And, you know, I love it when you give the technical descriptions because you just have the most brilliant way of delivering this. So tell our audience, what's an eclipse and why do people freak out about them? Ah. All good questions. Okay, so we have to, let's start with what an eclipse is. And we basically have two categories of eclipses, right? We have a lunar eclipse, and then we have a solar eclipse. Now, there are variations in those categories. So, there are eclipses that are annular, there are eclipses that are penumbral, and, and basically all of those words refer to how much of the eclipse you actually can see um, from different parts. We have eclipses that are total, how much of the eclipse you can see from various parts of the world, um, you know, when the eclipse happens, and so on and so forth. But for our purposes, there are lunar eclipses. And there are solar eclipses. So a lunar eclipse is when the moon is eclipsed, right? And a solar eclipse is when the sun is eclipsed. And, of course, what happens during an eclipse, again, travel back with me as this great science, if we have, let's say, the if we have a lunar eclipse, then what we have is we have the sun and we have the moon, and then we have the Earth, and so the Earth starts to get in between the sun and the moon, and it creates a shadow, 
over the moon, right? So an eclipse is basically, it can happen anywhere, but from Earth, we see solar eclipses and we see lunar eclipses, and it's where it looks like either the moon or the sun is being shadowed by another body, usually the Earth. So eclipses freak people out because back in the day, when our ancestors were looking at the sky, as they tend to do, they saw the moon, so you see the full moon, and it starts getting black, and it looks like it's starting to get almost eaten by the sky, and that would be a cause for concern. Solar eclipses are even scarier, right? Because it's in the daytime, the sun is shining, and all of a sudden, the sun starts to turn dark. And we had a solar eclipse here in, that was a full solar eclipse in parts of America a couple of years ago. In San Antonio, where I live, we didn't have the full-on uh, solar eclipse, but we had, you know, good, a good chunk of it happen. And it was very interesting. I was outside because I was doing ritual for people. And it started, it was the middle of the day, it was in the summer, and it started getting darker and darker, and it looked like clouds, like big storm clouds were, were moving in. That's what the light looked like. And all of the birds stopped singing, and all of the insects, you know, I'm in South Central Texas, and we have a lot of insects that are buzzing in the summertime. They all got quiet. So it's a very interesting energy that eclipses carry with them, <laughs> and they disturb people throughout the ages because it's a break in pattern. You know, the sun and the moon are the two celestial bodies that our calendars are set up to follow, our, our earliest measurements of time follow the route that the sun and the moon take on a daily, monthly, yearly basis. They're kind of our, our, the bodies that we've used for millennia to measure the length of our days and our seasons. So when something happens to their routine and something interrupts it, it is a cause for concern. And so that is where a lot of the fear around eclipses basically came from. It's this idea that, you know, this regular routine we can literally set our watches by is being interrupted. And, of course, before we understood the physics of everything in the solar system, uh, we didn't know why it was happening. You know, we just saw that the moon was getting darker, the sun was getting dark, and it was, you know, scary looking. And so that's why people have traditionally been a little concerned about eclipses. I can imagine. Anything that. you want to add to that? Well, the thing I want to add, I can just imagine, though, back in the day, how frightening when you didn't understand, like, the science or anything behind what was happening, how scary that must have been for people. Yes, absolutely. I mean, think about I that. Mean, All of a sudden, the sun is blocked out. They probably think, oh, my God, the world's coming to an end, right? Right, right. Exactly. I mean, and, and, you know, and you don't know, is it going to, and remember, it's also important to remember, you know, now we have NASA, but eclipses are not equally visible from every part of the world. So 
you know, you have, you may have a total solar eclipse, but only a few areas in the world can see that, which means that before we, we were really watching the sky and certainly before we were in communication with one another the way we are now, you, you could go for years and years and years and years without seeing a full total eclipse. And so then when one finally happened, it was even more concerning because you don't know what, what is, you know, what you, you have no frame of reference, right? Like you haven't ever seen one before. Um, And so that is really, that's something to to take into consideration as well. Um, Oh, and one more technical thing. So a lunar eclipse occurs when the earth's shadow blocks the sun from the moon as i said a solar eclipse however occurs when the moon gets in between the earth and the sun and the moon casts a shadow so so there are different shadow casting bodies depending on if you're talking about a solar or a lunar eclipse i just wanted to add that right Um, yeah that's good to know because they are different right they're different. They're different. They're, they they are different. Um, so, I mean, and another another useful thing to know would be that lunar eclipses are going to happen um, typically. Well, no, I won't say. I would say always. Lunar eclipses are going to happen on the full moon, and solar eclipses are going to happen on new moons. And this is a mistake that a lot of people make. A lot of people think that an eclipse happens at the same time that the full moon happens. So say that you've got an eclipse that's happening with the full moon and the moon is going to be full at 1.30 in the afternoon. The eclipse may not happen at exactly 1.30 in the afternoon. Right. And usually it doesn't. So that's from a super persnickety Virgo perspective. That's just something to be aware of. Eclipses happen in their own time, so you kind of want to be hip to that. Right, that's great advice because I think people do get confused with that. Uh, back in the day, I used to think they happened at the same time, and uh, you know when I was first studying astrology, and so it took me a minute to realize they were their own little animal, their own little, their own little thing, doing their own little thing all on their own. That's right. So, Teresa, what do entrepreneurs need to know about eclipses? What's the story? Well, you know, eclipses often signal a massive change of some sort. And that change can be good or not so good. Oftentimes it's really hard to know until after a few days after the eclipse has passed. Uh, I have found that sometimes during an eclipse, uh, big news arrives for my business. Sometimes it's even a big opportunity. But also sometimes it can be like I get a wake-up call, like maybe something happens in my business that says, whoa, you need to set a new policy. So I like to think of them as a a wake-up and a shake-up. And so for business, it is important to make sure you are paying incredibly close attention to any news, any change that happens around that day. You know, often, too, uh, during an eclipse, something gets phased out of your life, okay, because they, they do signal change. So, for example, it might be that a partnership comes to a close. Or maybe um, something gets finished around that time. Like maybe you finished finally writing that book that needed to be written. Or maybe, you know, you may get 
um, some sort of an opportunity that takes your career in a whole new direction, maybe one you didn't even plan. So I look at it as a time to pay attention, a time to be awake at the wheel, to make sure that you are bringing awareness to something that's leaving, something that's showing up, something that wants your attention. Now, the other thing that I think is really important for business owners, but also just life in general, this is not the time to be making big decisions in your life. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. Because I find that people sometimes don't think clearly during an eclipse or the information isn't always there that you need until the eclipse has actually passed. So it is a time to really kind of lay low and see how things pan out, to be patient, to not push a damn thing. The Mm -hmm. more you are able to sit back during the eclipse and have a wait-and-see attitude, the more likely a few days later you are going to be able to make a brave, excellent decision for your business. So I think of it as a time to, it's a wake-up and a shake-up and a time for wait and see. That's what I think entrepreneurs need to know about eclipses. Um, Also, and we talked about this in a previous episode, now if it is a new moon eclipse, sometimes people say you shouldn't be setting any intentions or doing any magical work around that eclipse because they say it's, it's going to magnify the thing you don't want or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm born near an eclipse. I haven't had that at all. I found that for me that if I'm doing any kind of intention setting around an eclipse, a new moon eclipse, I don't seem to have a problem with that. So those are my yeah. thoughts. So what I love think, it. How, how can we maximize eclipses for business? So I think the way that I work with eclipses is very similar to Risa and what you just said. I like the wake up, shake up. Um, catchphrase. I think that's really good. I always tell my people eclipses are for breaking patterns because literally what's happening is the pattern of the regular routine rhythmic motion of either the sun or the moon is literally being interrupted. So from a business perspective, um, you know, an eclipse is something, a lot of this astrological stuff that we talk about actually are things that it's it's good to mark down when these events are occurring in your calendars. And I know I have a page that has all of that info. Teresa has a page that has all of that info for the current year. And it's really, really good business practices, first of all, to just make a note of, you know, well, when do we have eclipses? Because I can tell you in 2020, we have, let me just, scroll to my list, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. We have six eclipses in in 2020, right? So it's useful to know when those are because, in my opinion, the way to maximize this period of time from a business perspective is to actually start working with it a couple of weeks before the eclipse happens. (laughs) And what I recommend and what I do myself is I start by – doing a review of my business and looking at what patterns um, need to be broken, what things need to be woken up, what things need to be shaken up, right? So so that takes a little bit of brainstorming. I also like to look at where the eclipse is going to occur in my chart specifically and then ask myself how that relates 
to business. So, for instance, if the eclipse occurred in my fourth house, you know, that's a house of home and family. Um, it doesn't necessarily, like, say, hey, I'm a house about business. But uh. if you have a home office or if you take clients in your home, then there is overlap with with that area of your chart and your business. And so I might drill down and say specifically, are there patterns, are there behaviors that or routines that I that are no longer working in this particular area? So you can take it really generally. You can just look at whatever patterns or habits in your business need to be broken or interrupted. Or you can take it more granularly and you can really look at like where this is happening in your chart and kind of extrapolate from there. But I think a little brainstorming for the actual eclipse is a really good idea because, you know, you don't want to wait until the day of and then be like, oh, I need to figure out what major pattern I want to break or what I want to wake up or what I want to shake up um, before, you know, in the next like hour before the eclipse happens. So know when the eclipse is. Start to plan ahead of time. Um, also think about what practical actions you want to take. You know, if you've been working by yourself and you really want to wake up the potential of having a partner, um, then think about what action you're going to take to shake that up, right? Like, are you going to reach out to somebody? Are you going to maybe put on your website that you're open to collaboration? Like, you know, you want to you want to take some practical actions, and then during the eclipse itself, I think it's a good time to, at the exact time of the eclipse, write down an intention or write down a petition or a prayer, what you're asking for assistance with. And there are also rituals that you can do um, that that will further sync you up with that eclipse energy. But a big part of this kind of work, and this is true for a lot of different astrological things, is kind of to have an eye, you know, one eye towards what's coming astrologically so that you can prepare for it and then start looking at your business ahead of time and say, are there patterns that need to be broken? What are the patterns that need to be broken? And that, that will start the ball rolling in a really powerful way. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love the advice. I especially um, love what you're talking about. Um, uh, how did you phrase that about uh, shaking, not shaking up, but you said something that was catching Breaking my brain. Breaking patterns. Breaking patterns. I love that. I think that's really important yeah. because you know what? Also, what we don't even stop to think about is that we get into patterns um, in our businesses that sometimes become very stale and they're not good for us and they're not good for business growth. So sometimes we really do need to break that stuff up. So I love that. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. So now, Teresa, you mentioned setting intentions around uh, around a new moon eclipse or a solar eclipse is what that right. would be. And and what do you think about that? Do you do that? Do you not? Do you do it in a specific way? Well, like I mentioned that's really important for me. I'm born near an eclipse. I don't seem to really be affected by it. When I set new moon intentions, and we had talked about this in a previous episode, you know, I set them always on the new moon precisely at that time, blah, blah, blah. That's what I've done. That's been my practice. And, uh, again, it may be that I'm born near the eclipse or not. It doesn't seem to affect me. But a lot of other astrologers feel very differently. And so, you know, their experience might be very different. 
So my advice for people is I still think it's important to set your new moon intentions, but maybe what you might want to do is wait until 24 hours or a few days after the eclipse has passed and then set your intention. It may... It may be then that the energy is a little softer, it's a little better, there's not going to be any surprises. So I think that there can be some wisdom if you're not born near an eclipse. But, you know, you can always test things out, too. And you know, <laughs> you know I always do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll always do things like, let me try launching something during a Mercury retrograde and see what happens. And, you know, um, so I do think it's sometimes important to test things out to see what works for you. But if you're feeling a little bit superstitious and if you want to follow the wise advice of some astrologers that I really respect, maybe it is okay to wait a little bit. I mean, after all, with the eclipse, I often say you want to wait before making major decisions. So maybe if you're feeling some type of way about intentions, you might want to wait until 24 hours or a few days have passed just to see how things are feeling. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So, you know, there's also, of course, you're the magical lady, and I would love you to talk about any rituals that entrepreneurs might want to do around an eclipse to help or nurture or protect their business. What do you recommend? Yes, it's such a great question. So um, a really old magical trick, is to, if you have something that you want to break, if you have a pattern or a routine that you want to break, you know, maybe maybe you are really undercharging for your services. This is something that Teresa and I, who we talk to people about their businesses, we come up against all the time, right? People who are undercharging for their services. Maybe you really want to break that pattern <laughs> and you want to, Come into a place where you stand tall and you charge a fair amount for the services that you're doing. So one thing that you can do is you can go either find, rummage through your jewelry box or go to an inexpensive jewelry store. I like, like, eclairs for this kind of thing. And get get a cheap chain, right? Gold or silver, it doesn't matter. Of course, it's not real gold or real silver, but like, right, get yourself a cheap, inexpensive chain. And what you do is before the eclipse, you're going to anoint it, maybe with a little ritual oil, maybe with a little saliva, and you're going to name it with whatever the pattern is that you want to break. So in our example, the pattern would be undercharging for my services, right? So that chain becomes the physical symbol of you undercharging for your services. And then during the eclipse, you I would go outside and I would time this so that it happens exactly when the eclipse occurs, even if you can't see it from where you are. And then you break that chain. You snap the chain in two and you take the two halves and you bury them on opposite sides of your town or your city or wherever. So it's a very old way of breaking a habit or breaking a routine. Um, what I like to do for my clients is I like to get the wish paper that you write a petition or a blessing or an intention on, and then you burn it and the ashes fly up. Um, I like to do that for solar eclipses, and then I work with dissolvable paper that I can write petitions and prayers Ooh. on for my clients during lunar eclipses, right? Because then 
I can dissolve them in holy waters and sacred waters, and then I can pour those waters out in various places. So those are also two little things that I enjoy doing for the solar and lunar eclipses. And these are these are one of my favorite magical times to work because what I have found with my community is that there's always something, some habit, some routine, some train of thought that really does need to be interrupted and disrupted. And I think this is one of the best times to do that. So tell me about this dissolvable paper. You got my attention. What is this? Yes. Where do you get this? So you can find dissolvable paper at, you know, you some higher-end magical shops. You can actually get it off of Amazon. I am, um, when Making Magic came out, I actually had a ritual printed on a card, and my publisher did dissolvable paper because part of the ritual was to dissolve the petition in water. And so we had dissolvable paper that was branded in the same way as my book. Um, But you can find dissolvable paper, like, on the web. You know, if you just Google water-soluble or dissolvable paper, you'll find it. And it's great for any kind of lunar working because, of course, the moon is strongly associated with water. And so you can get really creative. You know, if you do your petition with, like, watercolor uh, pencils, for instance, then the water will turn, like, whatever color you write in. And then, you know, you can pour the water in ritually significant places. So maybe you add the water to a river that flows through your town so that you have, you know, a flow of money the way that the river flows. Or maybe you pour the water at the base of a tree that you work with, right? That's that garden magic theme that we talked about in an earlier show. So that, you know, as the tree grows and flourishes, your business grows and flourishes. Mm-hmm. I love these rituals. I think they're so hard. <laughs> I, well, you know, both of us, we're always into doing things to stack the odds in our favor. And that's why we're doing yes. this year, we're talking about astrology for business. It's always about stacking the odds in your favor. And sometimes stacking the odds in your favor means running your business a certain way, you know, like maybe um, having a good accountant or, you know, having systems and routines to serve your your clients. But sometimes also stacking the odds in our favor means having magical support, working with the tides and the planets and all of that. We want to stack as many of the odds in our favor so that we can have peaceful businesses that prosper in a peaceful way. So I I love these rituals. I think they're very helpful. Uh, I'm so glad. I mean, I am such a fan of pairing ritual with practical action that now it's really kind of second nature to me. Um, So I love hearing that because it is – I mean, people have been doing rituals ever since we've been around, you know, and there's a reason for that. Right, absolutely. So, anyhow, that we we covered a lot in this episode about eclipses, and hopefully people are going to walk away from this episode feeling like there's no need to fear the eclipse. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Don't fear them. See them as the opportunities that they are, and a little foresight, a little foreplanning will really carry you a long way when it comes to stuff like this. Right on. So 
We have wrapped up another yet another fabulous episode of Talking Shot. Now, Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Well, you got me all excited about this dissolvable paper. <laughs> so, you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be looking for this dissolvable paper. I think that's just a really smart, brilliant, wonderful way to work with magic and ritual and um and with the the eclipse. I love it. This is so smart. Pretty awesome. Aww, I love you. Oh, you know I love you. Anything that you that any any piece of advice that that resonated for you? What what stood out? I love your wake up and shake up. I think that that's really really sound advice, and I also really liked your reminder that this is not the time to like do some new endeavor or launch something, you know, this is, again, another one of those periods where we have the opportunity to look at the status quo and say what needs to be stirred up there instead of trying to do something new. Absolutely. It's all, all wise advice to consider. Ah, All right. Well, that is all we got for you folks. And, of course, before we close up a happy reminder you if you're loving talking shop you can listen to every show that we've ever done for free by visiting the talking shop archives and you can do that on my website the com. just click on that podcast tab and you're going to go right on down to talking shop and boom there you are and Bree, where can they find these podcasts on your site all right everyone go to com. Click on free resources. You will find both the current episode and the archives, all of the archives, which is literally now like hours and hours and hours of listening because we've been doing this show for several years. So that is a wrap for us. Yes, it is a wrap. And, of course, we want to remind people, too, if you're enjoying the show, one of the ways you can help us and help your fellow entrepreneurs is by getting on over to iTunes and leaving a kind review because, you know, that works for all of us. So please do that. All right, people, join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. And until then, you can find me, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady, at thetarotlady.com. And, Bree, what about you? Where are you? You all can find me at BrianaSoffee.com. Thank you again so much for listening. We hope that you keep taking the actions to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. Stay on your grind and make it a great month. We know you will. <laughs>